D F S. It's Friday, November 4th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week nine DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, I had to check my notes just to make sure that I had the right week because the NFL season's moving along at this point. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I've, I don't know about you, I've enjoyed the 16 by. <laughs> I made, do love made, made the week a bit easier to get through. Yeah, I know it's a little bit more challenging for setting lineups, and I've certainly been hitting waivers like everybody else this week. But yep. for those of us doing content, it's nice to have six teams <laughs> that you pay absolutely no attention to. Yes. The guys we are paying attention to on DraftKings this week for cash at quarterback, Jared, are you starting with the same guy I am? I don't know. Who are you starting with? No, you got to tell me, and then we'll see. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I'm either going all the way up to Josh Allen or all the way down to Justin Fields. Um, it really depends on if you want to fit in a high-priced guy like like Austin Eckler or Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I haven't decided yet. I mean, I, you don't really need to make the case for Josh Allen. He's you know clearly the top raw point projection play on the slate with no Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Mar Jackson. You know, Josh is the only elite quarterback on the slate. Not not an ideal matchup on the road against a pretty tough Jets defense, but I, I think he's Allen's still a safe bet. Justin Fields, though, you know, fifty three. 100 bucks, 17 plus DK points in four straight games now, including 24.4 and 26 over his last two games. His usage is up over the last four games, 23 passes and 10.5 carries per game. So, you know, the the rushing production you can kind of count on. And there might be a bit more passing upside this week um, in a good matchup against Miami. Miami is uh, 29th in football outsiders pass defense rankings. And of course, Fields adds Chase Chase Claypool. We'll see, you know, how big a role he plays out of the gate, but it, it adds some big play upside. Yeah, it's absolutely Justin Fields for me at fifty three hundred bucks. Two top six fantasy QB finishes the past two weeks four straight inside the top 12. So he's been delivering fantasy points lately. We've talked about it multiple times now. It's not just luck. Obviously a rushing touchdown is going to swing his fantasy score either way, but they've actually had him run the ball more, including near the goal line. So his chances of getting those plays are a lot higher. The Miami defense not doing anything particularly well right now, as was evidenced last week when Detroit scored 27 first half points against them. So Uh, We just need an okay game from Justin Fields here. So he's definitely who I'm going with. Um, And on the GPP side, he's currently projected for only 3% ownership in our, in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. So that puts him squarely in GPP consideration for me. And I'm just going to play him naked here, Jared. I'm not going to try to chase who he throws a touchdown pass to because obviously Darnell Mooney is the number one pass catcher here, but he's far from like, the guy who's gonna score if Justin Fields throws a touchdown pass or two. So rather than try to guess at that and not ultimately chase anything that that really has too high a ceiling on the pass pass catcher side, I'm just going to play Justin Fields. I'm going to figure that the ultimate ceiling game for him includes some passing, but really two rushing touchdowns is probably it. Yeah. I mean, Mooney's been underwhelming with like a 30% target share. That's probably going to decrease now that Chase Claypool's in the next. Now Mooney's only 4,700 bucks. Like you can make an argument for him. Maybe if you build multiple fields lineups, you toss Mooney in in one or two of them. But I I like the idea of playing fields naked and then, you know, using Tyree kill or Jalen Waddle as a run back. Um, So I like that idea to me that, you know, the first decision you need to make in tournaments this week is whether you're going to play Josh Allen 
because um, again, he clearly has the highest upside on the slate. I mean, he Allen's averaging 30 DraftKings points per game. The next best quarterback on this slate is Joe Burrow at 24.7. And Joe Burrow doesn't even have Jamar Chase. I mean, he doesn't have the same ceiling that he has in previous weeks. So I'll probably mix in an Allen or two on my tournament teams. I, I really like how Trevor Lawrence tournament teams shape up. Lawrence is a value at 5,200 bucks. I mean, he he's kind of been the ultimate tournament type quarterback this year where he's had a bunch of really bad games, but he does have three games of 21.7 plus DK points. Like, you know, especially on this slate, if Allen doesn't go for 35 and you can get 24 out of Trevor Lawrence, you know, that, that might be good enough to win a tournament. And then he has the plus matchup against Vegas. And then Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram are both awesome values, like to the point where I think you consider them in cash. Um, so that's a really easy stack to put together. I think Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams are nice runbacks. So um, I, I've, I've put together some Lawrence tournament teams and I, I really like how they come out. Yeah, I have Trevor Lawrence down too. As you mentioned, he has been overall, he's been disappointing, but he has had enough weeks where, you know, the points are there. You can also play him with Travis Etienne. So we've had those three weeks that you mentioned of Trevor Lawrence going over 20 DK points in those three weeks, Jaguars running back scored 34.1, 31 and 21.5. Granted, that's a collection of running backs, but Travis Etienne is the backfield right now. So he's probably going to score whatever points they do in this game. And that that three game set included two 100 yard rushing games, one by James Robinson, one by Travis Etienne. So he can get it done on the ground with Trevor Lawrence doing well enough through the air in this game. Certainly, I think the ultimate ceiling game for Trevor Lawrence probably doesn't include a whole lot on the ground, but I would like to think that Travis Etienne is healthily involved in that passing game, even if it goes that route. One other that I would throw in, Geno Smith, 5,800, nice salary. Both of his receivers play both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That way, if we do get a game where Seattle cannot run the ball, they're relying on the pass. We do get 300 yards, three touchdowns. I think there's a pretty good bet that he brings both of those receivers with him. Yeah, I think Hopkins would be a pretty easy run back on your Seahawks stacks. Um, I'm also considering Tom Brady for tournaments, six thousand bucks. Um, he, he, just, he the guy just hasn't thrown touchdowns this season, and that's kind of he leads the NFL in passing yards, leads the NFL in pass attempts. Like the volume and passing yards has been there. He hasn't found the end zone yet. He's, I think, a pretty easy stack with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It's been a super concentrated offense. Those two guys, Evans and Godwin, have combined for 50% of the Bucks' targets over the last three weeks. So if Brady goes off, he's probably going to bring both of those guys with him. Um, then, then I, as always, I'm going to play a Justin Herbert tournament team. You know, no Mike Williams, probably no Keenan Allen hurts the upside. But it also makes Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett better plays it puts Josh Palmer in play. Who's just 5,100 bucks. So you can get, I think a big part of Herbert's passing production for cheaper than usual this week because of those injuries. Do you know what offhand, what Deandre Carter's salary is on DraftKings this week? I think he's a uh, 43. I want to really? say Yeah, he's 43. I mean, Josh Palmer's 51. So I'd rather just pay the extra 800 for Palmer. I agree. I was hoping that Carter was going to be somewhere in the three K range. So yeah. 43 would put him probably out. of. He play. had been, he had been, he was 3,700 last time they played and they bumped him up. Yeah, once Tom Brady gets a little bit more experience behind him, too, he'll probably start uh, <laughs> connecting on some of those touchdown throws. Running right. back for cash, we already talked about the Jaguars, but I think Travis Etienne is easily in yeah. view here. He's the you know cover boy on our, on our uh, YouTube thumbnail for this week. It's a great matchup with the Raiders. It's not a matchup that should get away from them scoring-wise, so he should be involved one way or the other. And he had 24 carries in a game they lost last time out. So we like him. Aaron Jones is up there at the top of our – 
DK dollars per point rankings as well. Ramondre Stevenson is also up there. I, you know, I'm blowing past Aaron Jones cause you don't need to make a case for him against Detroit. I guess the case for Aaron Jones, Jared is him or Josh Jacobs because he's a hundred dollars more in salary yeah. for me. It's Aaron Jones between them. Oh, it's Josh Jacobs for me and cash. Just, it's just how I play cash games. I want the guy who I can count on to get, you know, 90% of the backfield work. Jones has a higher ceiling, I think, because of the matchup. So I like him in, in tournaments. Um, but I'm going to go Jacobs in cash, um, giving him and the Raiders a mulligan for last week. Like, as long as the Raiders don't put up a total dud against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense, by the way, was awesome to start the season. They are fifth worst in PPR points per game allowed to running backs over the past five weeks. And Football Outsiders has the Jags 22nd in run defense over the past five weeks. So it's it's not a it's not a matchup to be scared about anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. Not worried about the matchup. Um, I guess my one concern with Jacobs, who I'm not I'm not opposed to him as a play here. My one concern is that that I think that Raiders offense has more of a chance of just crapping the bed than Aaron Jones does of doing so this week. Like if the Packers tank that's when he might be in trouble like they did against the Jets a few weeks ago. Even against Buffalo, they gave him the ball a ton. And if you look back at the three games they won this year, he had 20, 16, and 18 uh, opportunities. So, you know, both of these guys, I think, are good contenders this week. I think it's okay to lean either way between them. Well, I mean, you, you probably, if you trust our projections, you want to play both of them in cash because ETN, Jacobs, and Jones are the top three values in cash. And if you play Justin Fields, it is easy to get those three guys in. Nice. You can do that. Or there's also Ramondre Stevenson at 6,200 against the Colts. The Indy run defense started terrific this season, but then petered out from there. They've gotten a little bit better over the past two weeks, but still down from where they opened the season. And then I think Raheem Mostert is in play for cash 6,100. He showed us last week that if the Dolphins fall behind, we can't count on him to get touches. Not ready to bet on Chicago pulling ahead of another team. So I think Raheem Mostert stays involved here. He can also work in a Justin Fields lineup. Yeah, most of it would be tournament only for me. Um, just with Jeff Wilson's arrival, I'm not exactly sure what that's going to mean to Mostert's role. So I'd rather pay up a bit for the guys I'm more sure about their workloads. Um, on the tournament side, like they're, they're, these running backs we've talked about, and I throw in Austin Eckler again, 8,800, but seeing insane volume in the passing game, and that should continue with Keenan Allen likely out, Michael Williams out. Um, Kenneth Walker is still too cheap at 6,200 bucks. Like I- I'm not going to stray too far from that group of running backs in tournaments, even though they're going to be pretty popular. I'm just going to, you know, play the chalk there and look to get de- different elsewhere. Two guys I will consider if I'm trying to get different, maybe in larger field tournaments, Antonio Gibson, 5,500 bucks. He has four plus targets in four straight games now, including seven last week. And J.D. McKissick looks iffy for this game with a neck injury. He has not practiced yet this week. So that would push even more passing game work to Antonio Gibson. So you're probably only going to get like eight to ten carries. But if you can get, you know, five, six catches out of the guy on DraftKings, full PPR, I think Gibson can pay off in tournaments. And then a super off the wall one. I'm not even sure the guy's going to play yet. But Cordero Patterson is 5,800 bucks, gets this Chargers run defense that's 23rd in football outsiders DVOA 28th in adjusted points allowed to running backs and it you know it seems like forever ago but Patterson averaged 16 carries over the first three games of the season I don't know if he'll get that right off the gate coming off the the, the knee surgery but you know if he can get any, anywhere close to that for, for 5,800 bucks in this matchup I think he could be an interesting tournament play yeah, I mean, he could get anything from eight carries to 22 carries in this game. We'll see. So I, I like him in that range for that price for a tournament lineup, of course. And we'll see what we hear about him leading up to game right. time. 
I think I prefer Jamal Williams over both those guys in that price range. He's projected for 5% ownership, 5,900 bucks for him. He's got four, two touchdown games this season. We saw him get one last week with DeAndre Swift in the lineup. He did it back in week one with a healthier DeAndre Swift in the lineup. And we came out of last week's game with Dan Campbell saying, I think we gave DeAndre Swift the ball (laughs) one too many times on five carries. So it doesn't speak very well to Swift's health. So I like Jamal Williams against a defense that's very soft on the run. I also want to throw out Dalvin Cook at 7,800 against Washington. It's a negative scoring matchup for running backs. So that I think will help steer some people away, but it's not kryptonite. The commanders, I almost called them the old name, have allowed nine total running back touchdowns this season. They've allowed two TD games to Derrick Henry, to Aaron Jones, to James Robinson back in week one when we all panicked about Travis Etienne. They sit middle of the league as a scoring defense overall. So we're not overly worried about Washington stifling Minnesota's scoring. It's just looking at it and saying, okay, Minnesota's going to lean past. Well, I mean, that's the way the matchup stacked up last week. And Dalvin Cook had a very good game there. He has also reclaimed his backfield receiving lead. So even if he's not rushing the ball as effectively, it looks like he's still the better bet than Alexander Madison to get the receiving stuff, which he's certainly capable of delivering on. Yeah, well, just in general, the Vikings have been leaning more on Cook the last two games. Three games ago, the the split got close between Cook and Alexander Madison. And then over the last two games, 33 carries and seven targets for Cook to just six carries and zero targets for Alexander Madison. Cook's also posted um, two of his three highest snap rates of the season over the last two games. So it looks like you know, if that trend continues, you're going to get Cook you know, getting 80 to 90% of the backfield work. And 7% projected ownership right now, which is the biggest selling point for tossing them in one of those lineups. Yeah. Wide receiver for cash, Jared, what do you like? So Chris Godwin is way too cheap. I think it's 6,200 bucks. Um, he has double digit targets in three straight games and four of his last five. He, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season, which is really, you know, it's kind of suppressed his fantasy production so far, but the, the volume has been there. A uh, good note from uh, Rich Rebar, who always has these awesome stats. Godwin has the second highest target rate in the NFL, 31% when facing zone coverage. That's second to only Tyreek Hill. The Rams play the most zone coverage in the NFL. So this could could be a game where, you know, more volume is, is pushed towards Godwin over Mike Evans. Yeah, and I mean, there, there should be plenty for both of them because this is also a matchup that should have Tampa Bay passing more than running, which they already want to do to begin with. We have success for Godwin against the Rams, too. I mean, just last year, he caught six balls for 74 yards. He had seven catches. The matchup before that, 12 catches back in 2019. So he's done nothing but be fine to good in PPR against these Rams every time he's faced them. And I agree, the salary is too low, driven by him not having any touchdowns. I think Jacoby Myers is cheaper than he should be at 5,900. 32% target share in three full games with Mac Jones. So he's just an easy bet four targets and catches Zay Jones, 4,100 bucks. Like if you look at our lineup generator, you look at the top and DK dollars per point, which is what it's automatically sorted by. We got Justin Jefferson up top. Obviously I'm not making a case for or against Justin Jefferson here right behind that though. We've got Godwin 6,200 Jacoby Myers, 5,900 Zay Jones, 4,100. Those are really good prices. And I think they make three pretty good building blocks for the middle of that roster. And then you, you know, play around with everything else to see how you fit. Maybe you go up from one of those receivers to an expensive wideout if you have the salary left over. Zay Jones himself, like the case for him is not so much what he's going to do, but he's one of three Jaguars who could legitimately lead that team in targets. And he's 1,500 cheaper than Christian Kirk. 
Yeah, I'll be playing Myers in cash. Zay Jones' volume has been awesome. He's been super inefficient. Maybe he's just bad, and that's going to continue. But again, this matchup's really good against Vegas, so I do think he's in play. I, I like Josh Palmer in cash, um, assuming Keenan Allen does not play. In five healthy games this season, Palmer's averaged 7.8 targets, and that's come, you know, some of that's come with Keenan Allen. Almost all of it's come with Mike Williams. So I just think he's a you know good bet for eight to ten targets against Atlanta, which you know might be the worst wide receiver defense in the NFL. I agree. I almost forgot the revenge game angle for Zay Jones. I always like to shout those out against ah, the creators. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the GPP side, I think Jacoby Myers is in play here as well. I think I've mentioned it before. He's the kind of guy that you look at and you're like, Yeah, I'll play him for cash, but I want somebody with upside for a tournament lineup, he's got upside. It just looks different. He's not going to give you 50 yard catches, but if he's getting 12 targets and catching nine of them, that's upside in this PPR format. He's given us hundred yard games. So we know he can hit that bonus single digit ownership because he's just not exciting. So I will be using him. And I think a couple other not sneaky guys, but worth noting because they are single digits in projected ownership, Mike Evans, 7,200 Terry McLaurin, 5,900. Yeah, so I have McLaurin and then Jefferson, just Jefferson. I like that as a little mini game stack. Um, McLaurin, as we've talked about, has you know really come back to life with Tyler, Taylor Heineke over the past couple of weeks. Eight targets in both those games has produced nicely in both of them. And Justin Jefferson, you know, don't need to make the case for him, but it does look like Steph Diggs and Tyreek Hill are going to be more popular. Yeah, to me, Jefferson's in, in the better spot. Um, he has the best matchup. He has the best matchup, actually. Washington dead last in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. And Jefferson, he, he's just has had bad touchdown luck so far. He is seventh among all wide receivers and targets, fourth in catches, third in yards, tied for 30th in touchdowns. Um, and despite that, he still has three games of 33-plus DraftKings points this season. So, you know, despite the lack of touchdowns, he's already showed us the ceiling. So I'm going to definitely be paying up for Jefferson in tournaments. And then again, I like it as the you know, little mini game stack with McLaurin. Okay, I'll add this Justin Jefferson kid to my notes here this week. <laughs> Tight end for cash, Evan Ingram sitting up there all shiny at 3300 bucks. He tops our DK dollars per point. Safer target bet, I think, than anyone else in the 3K range, except maybe Tyler Higby. Pretty comparable, I think, at this point. And there is room for Evan Ingram and Zay Jones in a lineup, or Christian Kirk, if the salary allows you to get him get there instead of Zay Jones. Just three targets for Zay last week against the Broncos, but the th- The previous three games, um, the targets between these two guys, Ingram and Zay Jones, 10-8, 6-5, 7-10. So, you know, again, there's enough room for both of them to get the ball thrown their way in the same game, especially if we're not shooting for ultimate ceiling, but, you know, strong numbers. Yeah, I don't see a reason to go anywhere else besides Ingram and Cash. Even Higby, his usage has been way down the past two games. I know last week he uh, missed some time with a neck injury, but – his route rate still would have been way down if he, you know, if he hadn't missed times. So I'm, I'm staying away from him in cash, and obviously I'm not playing him in tournaments with his projected ownership. Um, didn't didn't he the game before with an ankle thing too? Like he briefly? did, he did, yeah, he did, yep. But I, it's still just, you know, just watching those games. Like he hasn't been been as big a part of the passing game mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks. Um, so you're saving money on Ingram. Ingram third among all tight ends and targets over the past four weeks. Twenty nine targets. That also leads the Jags and. Um, Good match for him against against Vegas. I like when the big guys are off the main slate at tight end, Jared. What are you doing with <laughs> no Travis Kelsey, no Mark Andrews, no Dallas Goddard? I don't because that's been like my thing. I've just been fitting those guys into my tournament lineups all year, and it's it's been it's been working. Um, so we definitely got to go, you know, more dumpster diving this week in tournaments. I like Gerald Everett a lot. You know, again, matchup against Atlanta, he's already averaged six point four targets per game this season. Should get more than that this week with Mike Williams out and Keenan Allen probably out. Um, so I like Gerald Everett. 
I think Dawson Knox is worth a look at 3,500 bucks, just price tag and touchdown upside. Like, you know, I think he has as, as much touch, touchdown upside as maybe any tight end on this main slate without the studs um, just playing in that Bills offense. And then I'll throw out James Mitchell too, the, um, you know, the, the Lions rookie tight end. If Brock Wright sits with his concussion and Wright was limited on Thursday, so it seems like he has a chance. If Wright's back, I'll probably just stay away from the situation. But if Wright's out, you know, Mitchell should get like all of the tight end work here. Um, he's a pretty intriguing prospect too. 16.1 yards per catch at Virginia Tech. Also had five rushing touchdowns. So I, I think, he, you know, he's pretty clearly a plus athlete for the position. So ha- has some upside at the price. He's basically Taysom Hill. The My primary move there, you know, all the guys that you mentioned to mess around with, I see that Robert Tunyon's um, ownership rate is coming in a little high. My primary move here is going to be to fade him. <laughs> At that, he's got one game of more than 36 receiving yards this season. He's got two end zone targets all year. He's got two games of good target share. They both came in lopsided losses. And then even last week, he ran a route on just 65% of dropbacks. So I just think he's he's fool's gold in what's, you know, a shakier week at tight end. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I'm higher than you on Tunyon this week, but I think he's a pretty easy fade in DFS. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather play Knox at half the ownership. I think they're they're pretty similar. I think Tunyon's a bit better target bet, but I think, you know, Knox is probably a better touchdown bet. On defense, I, you know where I'm going. Seahawks, 2500 bucks at Arizona. This is my way of betting against Cliff Kingsbury. Number one defense over the past three weeks by Football Outsiders DVOA. League's most sacks over that span, just 15 points allowed per game. Over those three contests, they allowed nine points to the Cardinals in their first meeting, sacked Kyler Murray six times in that one, had two takeaways, plus another two fumbles that the Cards just happened to recover. So we've already seen a good performance against this team. It wasn't that long ago. Seahawks are playing very well on defense right now. Yeah, I'd prefer to get to Seattle if possible. Um, the way my cash lineup sitting right now, but I have to go all the way down to Carolina at 2300 bucks. They're actually our top dollars per point value. At the position, they, they've been a decent fantasy defense this season. They're averaging seven DraftKings points per game. That's in the upper half of uh, main slate defenses this week. And then, you know, the, the Bengals still just allowing a bunch of sacks. They've actually allowed the second most sacks per game behind only the Bears, uh, 3.8. Six of Cincinnati's eight opponents so far have tallied three plus sacks. So um, I just think, you know, that, that lays a decent floor for the Panthers defense at 2300 bucks especially if you get the Bengals team that we saw on Monday night, like there, right. the sacks started out awful 13 over the first two games. Then it leveled off two, one, two, three, three is not terrible five against the Browns. And like, if you look at the pressure rate, the team is allowing, it's clear that Joe Burrow is at least as much of an issue oh, yeah. with allowing those sacks as the offensive line is the blocking gets all the blame for it, but it's mm-hmm. clearly also on the quarterback. Yep. And that, that's been Burrow throughout his NFL career so far. So, yeah, there is some matchup upside there if you do have to go all the way down to Carolina. Any other defenses? I love the Bucks for 3000 I mean, to me, that's just too cheap. The Rams have allowed the most DraftKings points per game to opposing defenses. So, in tournaments, I'm definitely going to be trying to get up to Tampa Bay. Um, I was think the Colts are okay at 2700 bucks. Mac Jones has still not been good. In his two games back from the ankle injury, he's ranked 30th among 30 qualifiers in PFF passing grade in Week 7 and then 28th out of 31 last week. So, I still think it's a good, good matchup on the Colts' side. Yeah, I agree. And I think the Patriots ideal game plan is not one that puts up a ton of points against the Colts. So we don't have to worry too much about that. That's going to do it for this week nine DraftKings podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com now to play around with the lineup generator. Build your own lineups for DraftKings, FanDuel and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on DraftKings. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much.
for swimming with us.